Welcome to Mammoth Community Christian Church. It's, it's such a joy to worship our Lord with you today. And indeed, this is why we were created, to do this together in God's presence. Well, many years ago, I was driving back to New Jersey from my parents' house. As you know, they live in the Minneapolis area. And I was taking a route through the upper peninsula of, of uh, Michigan, as you know, Michigan, it actually is broken apart into two parts. I went through Wisconsin into the upper peninsula of Michigan, then to enter Canada and go above the Great Lakes and then down through upstate New York and back to New Jersey. And I was in this remote part of the, the upper peninsula of Michigan. And this is before the days of GPS. This is before smartphones. And so I was navigating with a paper map. Uh, young people, it's, it's like this flat piece of paper that it's like a GPS. It has lines for roads. I'll show you one someday. Um, so I, I was looking at my paper map, and I noticed that there was this county road that branched off of the main road, and it actually was a shortcut. It would take me to where I wanted to go more directly and, and, and by a, a, a faster route than the main road. And I thought, wow, I'm so clever. My map reading skills are amazing. And so I turn off the main road. I'm on this, this county road. And I, I remember having thoughts. I can't wait to tell my family and friends how, how amazing I am that my map reading skills enable me to find this route that's faster than the main road. And then I noticed that the, the painting marking the lanes had disappeared. And then I noticed that the road was getting narrower and narrower. And then all of a sudden, without warning, the, the pavement disappears entirely. And I find myself on a remote dirt road. Next slide, please. My clicker has stopped working. I find myself on a remote dirt road, gravel road, in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, it's bumpy. I have to go really slow. Night is falling. And I realize I've made a huge mistake. And so instead of telling my family and friends later about my amazing map reading skills, I had to tell them about my silly blunder. And we laughed together. I have a picture. There you go. That's what it looked like. And so I had to literally turn around. And I had to trace my way back along my false dead-end shortcut, make it back to the main road, and then go back, I mean, continue my journey uh, on the main road. In other words, what I thought was a better route, what I thought was a shortcut was a dead end. It led me nowhere. And today, we're going to learn about a sp something that looks like a spiritual shortcut. It looks like it's going to advance us and help us along our spiritual journey when in reality, it's a dead end. Recently, we've been learning about authenticity. I spoke at our church's combined worship service about Jesus' parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector who go to the temple to pray. Let's, let's briefly look at that. We'll be focusing on a different passage today, but I want us to have this passage in the back of our minds. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. All right, my, 
my clicker doesn't work anymore. Could you advance the slide, please? Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Thank you. Okay. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now we saw that this Pharisee was focusing on the outward superficial level of his own life, and also that outward superficial level of his neighbor's life. And this outward focus, though, leads to the sin of hypocrisy, which Jesus describes as presenting a perfect image on the surface level, on on the outside of of our lives, when in the inside we're full of the decay of sin, the ugliness of sin. Authenticity, though, is the opposite of hypocrisy. Because authenticity focuses on our actual true heart condition before God. And and authenticity gives us the humility to honestly admit our struggles, our weakness, the challenges that we face, the need that we have. The tax collector in this parable displays, he shows us what true authenticity is by honestly admitting his need for God. And God then responds by having mercy on him. Today we're deepening our understanding of authenticity by seeing that it's possible to start well in our relationship with God, to to begin along the right path by starting like the tax collector, admitting our sin and our need for God's grace. But then it's possible for us to take a a false turn, to turn into what looks like a shortcut but actually is a dead end. We begin along the pathway of God's grace with this authenticity that admits our need for God and understands that we cannot earn God's favor through our good works. But then along this path, we notice a shortcut, a dead end. We turn into it. We make a mistake. We're going to look at this today. Paul warns the believers in Galatia of this mistake, of beginning along the path of God's grace with authenticity, but then turning off into a dead end. Galatia was a a region of modern-day Turkey where the believers were Gentiles. This means that they were not Jewish ethnically or culturally. Uh, They were culturally Greek, but they placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And so they had these culturally uh, Greek and pagan backgrounds, and now they're beginning to follow Jesus. They had accepted the good news 
that we may be forgiven of our sins and we may enter a living relationship with God through Jesus Christ. They were then lured, though, into a different path, this this spiritual shortcut that's actually a dead end. And Paul refers to this at the very beginning of Galatians. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. The Galatians are being led off the right path into a dead end. There's a scene in John Bunyan's book, Pilgrim's Progress, that describes what is happening, something similar to this. As I've mentioned before, Pilgrim's Progress is an allegory of the Christian life. It describes the journey of faith by focusing on someone who represents us as believers. His name is Christian. And there's this moment where he's traveling along the road of faith with his friend named Hopeful. And they get to this place in the road. They're journeying from the city of destruction toward the celestial city, which is heaven. They get to this place where their path branches off into two roads, and each road looks equally good. Each path looks equally straight, and they don't know which way to turn. And so they're standing there, wondering what to do. The next thing they realize, uh, another person joins them. This person's name is Flatterer. Flatterer. And this person says, go with me down this path. This is the right path. And so they believe this person. They start walking down this path. It looks straight. It looks like it's going in the right direction. But slowly, almost imperceptibly, the path starts veering off in the wrong direction. And it turns a little bit more, a little bit more, until finally they're going in the opposite direction, away from the celestial city. And then finally, Flatterer captures them in a net and traps them. The great lie that the believers in Galatia are being told is that even though they began their journey with God through grace, they can now continue along this journey without grace. This is the false path. This is the spiritual shortcut that they're being lured to take. Now let me explain this. Grace is something immeasurably good that we do not deserve and can never earn. In Scripture, God's grace refers to the favor, the blessing, the salvation that God extends to us through Jesus Christ that we could never earn, that we do not deserve. As people who've sinned by breaking our relationship with God, turning our back on Him, we deserve eternal death, separation from God. That's what we deserve. But, but God, by His grace, makes a way for us to be spared from this fate. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God offers us forgiveness of our sin and a living relationship with Himself. This is a free gift that we could never earn. We could never deserve this. 
And all that God asks is that we place our faith in Jesus Christ. In this way, through Jesus Christ, we are freely given life and salvation that we can never earn. This is the biblical understanding of grace. If we don't understand this, we're, we're, we're missing everything else. Like the flatterer who lured Christian and hopeful away from the right path. In Pilgrim's Progress, though, flatterers had arrived at the church in Galatia. And we're telling the believers there that to be a true follower of Jesus, they need to follow a long list of rules found in the law of Moses. And the flattery was this. You can do it. You just have to try hard enough. And if you're, you're not following all these rules, it means that you're not trying hard enough and then you are to blame. In other words, their argument was that after the Galatians had entered a relationship with God through the free gift of God's grace, now the believers in Galatia, you need to begin earning God's grace. You need to begin earning God's favor. You need to work for it. There's no free lunch. You need to perform in external and legalistic ways outlined by the law of Moses in order to please God. Good works done in your own strength may not have saved you from your sin, but now that you follow Jesus, you need to start earning God's favor through good works done in your own strength. And as the Galatians were beginning to fall for this lie that God's favor must be earned through their own strength, they become like Christian and hopeful in Pilgrim's Progress. And they find that this new path that they're being invited into, the spiritual shortcut, is slowly, by degree, turning them in the opposite direction that God is calling them to go. It's leading them astray. It's a dead end. And so Paul confronts the Galatians by telling them a story. He gives them a sermon illustration from his own life. And he tells them about something that happened years before in the first multicultural church in the world in Antioch. Paul was there, Barnabas was there, and then Peter came from Jerusalem to visit. And Peter was under pressure from culturally Jewish Christians who believed that all followers of Jesus need to become culturally Jewish and follow the long list of rules found in the law of Moses. And Paul tells a story this way. He says when Cephas, that's another uh, name for Peter, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, James is in Jerusalem, and so these men are coming to Antioch from Jerusalem, and so they were culturally Jewish Christians. For before certain men came from James, Peter used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. This group uh, were Jewish, culturally Jewish Christians who believed that the Gentiles need to change culturally and follow the long list of rules. And these, uh, these 
uh, Christians from Jerusalem could be very intimidating. So Peter was intimidated. Let's continue. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Did you notice that the sin that Paul confronts in Peter is the sin of hypocrisy? This is the sin of focusing only on the external image and ignoring the condition of the heart. Hypocrisy is the opposite of authenticity. The culturally Jewish Christians were focusing on external behavior, on whether someone was following all the right rules. And so they began rejecting their culturally Gentile brothers and sisters in Christ who were not following all those cultural rules. And the message was clear to the new Gentile believers. If you really want to become a true follower of Jesus, then you need to follow these rules, this long list of rules. You may have begun walking with God along the path of grace, but now you need to turn off. You need to take this other path. You need to begin earning God's favor through good works done in your own strength. Try harder. Do more. Show that you're a a true follower of Jesus. The reason that this path, though, of trying to earn God's favor by doing good works in our own strength, the reason this looks like a shortcut to us is because from our sinful human perspective, as we look at this side path, it looks to us like it's more clear and direct and manageable. It it looks so much easier than the path of God's grace that we need to walk by faith. You see, Hebrews 11 tells us, it defines faith. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And so sometimes this path of faith, you can't see very far. You don't know where the next step is going to land necessarily. But God calls you forward this, this pathway of grace that we walk by faith. But this shortcut of works done in our own strength, we can always see that clearly. Why? Because we're looking at our visible external works of righteousness that we do in our own strength. It's easier to think we're in control of our own spiritual progress, that we can grow closer to God by just doing more for God. And it feels comforting to be able to point to all of our external good works for God, to count the hours we devote to serving Him, to measure the sacrifices that we make for His kingdom. This is the path we can see. We add it up. We feel good about ourselves. Looking to our good works, though, and drawing assurance from them that we're right with God, it's a shortcut that draws us away from the main road of God's grace where we need to walk day by day by faith. 
The spiritual shortcut is actually self-flattery. It's the deception of thinking that we as believers actually have the ability to climb up closer to God through a ladder of good works done in our own strength. When I was about 15 or 16, my youth pastor and I were helping an elderly missionary couple move from one house to the other, and we worked all day long. We were carrying heavy furniture, box after box. It was grueling labor, just from morning until late at night. And after this long, exhausting day, I turned to my youth pastor, and I jokingly said, I bet, I bet we earned a crown in heaven today. And he then replied, I think, though, you just lost yours. My joke illustrates the type of thinking that the Galatians were falling into. It's the lie of thinking that after beginning to follow Jesus by grace, through the free gift of forgiveness and salvation, that we receive simply by placing our faith in him. That now we must live as a Christian by climbing up to God on this ladder of our own good works, done in our own strength. I'm just getting tired thinking of this. And, and that we must now do it ourselves, that we must earn our way to God. But Paul confronts this way of thinking. He says this, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn from you just one thing. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? In other words, Paul is telling the believers in Galatia, remember how your relationship with God began. Think back. How did it begin? Remember that right path that you used to be on. And the way their relationship with God began, Paul reminds them, is by grace. The relationship with God began when they believed in the power of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection to open the door to forgiveness and new eternal life with God. For each of us this morning, we need to remember how our relationship with God began. Did it begin because we earned it by doing enough good works? Did God forgive us of our sin because we sacrificed enough of our time or, or money to help those in need? Or because we did enough service projects in the community? Or because we served the church enough? Or because we were such a good and kind neighbor to the people around us? The answer is no. Of course not. God forgives us of our sin and accepts us only when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and look to him to rescue us from our sin by his grace that we could never earn and that we do not deserve. If this is the case, if that's how we began our life with God, Paul's next step of his argument goes, then continue in the path where you began. Don't turn off of the path. Don't take 
paths that look like shortcuts. He says this, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now look at the underlined words for a moment. One of the shocking points that Paul is making in this passage is that he equates works of the law, underlined at the bottom, he equates works of the law, which are human attempts to earn God's favor through good works done in our own strength. He equates these works of the law with the means of the flesh, that first underlined phrase. Here the word flesh refers to our sinful flesh. This is the sinful part of us that resists and opposes God's will. And so another way to present this argument that Paul is making here is to say that it's actually sinful to think that we can earn God's favor through good works done in our own strength. And it's actually sinful to attempt to do so. Why? Because any attempt to earn God's favor through our own good works done in our own strength is self-exalting activity. This is self-exalting behavior. This is us exalting ourselves. How? If we think we can earn anything for ourselves through our good works, this reveals that we think that the good things we do are originating in ourselves, as though these good works are something that we produce ourselves and therefore should receive credit for. You only receive credit for something that you you truly work up yourself, right? But anything we do ourselves in our own strength apart from God's life and power at work in us is something that is fully infected and polluted by sin. Think back to that parable again, the Pharisee and the tax collector. That parable is directed, we read, to those who were confident of their own righteousness as though they produced this righteousness and it's now theirs to possess and therefore God should give them credit and blessing because they worked up this righteousness so God reward me. Look, look at what I did. Look at what I produced for you. This righteousness in my own strength. The Pharisee in the parable represents this type of person who's so confident that they can just climb up a ladder of good works into God's presence as though their good works originate in themselves, as though they're producing their own good works, as though their good works are something that they possess and should get credit for in the presence of the holy God. And so the Pharisee feels proud and boastful even when he prays. He points to the things he's doing for God as though he 
produce them, possesses them. But Jesus says in the parable, he does not return home justified before God. Why? Jesus says, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. When we view our good works as originating in ourselves rather than in God's work in our lives by grace, then we're flattering ourselves. And, and we're falling into this false sense of spiritual security. We're turning off into what looks like a clear, invisible shortcut, but actually is going to lead us off a cliff into a trap. It's a dead end. It's impossible for us to earn God's favor through what we do. Through external acts of righteousness done in our own strength. But God's grace, when it's at work in our lives, and when God enables truly good works to flow from our lives, these good works originate in God, not in ourselves. In God's power, not in our own strength. As the Holy Spirit works in us and through us to enable us to live and to act in ways that please God. In coming weeks, we're going to take steps deeper into authenticity. We're going to walk deeper into God's grace. And we're going to see that God's grace is freedom. It is joy. And God's grace opens up to us the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As, as God, through His Spirit, sanctifies us and transforms us in ways we cannot transform ourselves enabling us to become more like Jesus Christ. We're going to see that living in the freedom of God's grace really is the key to authenticity. In closing, though, I'd like to just point to a clear warning sign that Jesus gives us, a symptom that if we display it, may indicate that we've left this main road of God's grace and that we're trying to travel along the false spiritual shortcut of good works done in our own strength. And what Jesus says is that this warning sign and symptom is revealed in the way that we think about other people. Again, in this parable, Pharisee tax collector, Luke tells us the warning sign, I just read it, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. There it is. The way they thought about others, they were looking down on them. And so Jesus speaks this to them. When we begin to view all that we do for God as something that originates in ourselves, uh, good works in our own strength that we produce and possess and should get credit for, then we become proud. Then we begin to look down on others who, as we weigh up our good works and the good works of the, oh, I have a little bit more. I'm, ooh, I'm closer to God. I'm, I'm a, that Pharisee looking down on a tax collector. I'm exalting myself, but up, God's about to humble me. The only difference between the Pharisee and the tax collector is that the Pharisee was so proud because of all that he's done for God. 
he's climbing up this ladder of good works to God. And his, he's further up the ladder than that awful Pharisee. And whenever we start looking down on others, as we're climbing up a ladder of good works done in our own strength, may that be a warning sign to us. And may we ask ourselves, have I turned off the main road of God's grace? Am I taking a spiritual shortcut that's a dead end? This morning, I pray that each of us will allow God to search our own hearts and to reveal to us any way that we're placing our confidence in the things that we do for God in our own strength rather than placing our confidence in the grace of God revealed through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this morning we, we confess that it's so easy to step into this false path of drawing confidence in what we do for you, these external good works done in our own sinful flesh, when in reality these are just hollow, empty, sin-infected actions. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, reveal the hypocrisy in each of our lives and call us deeper into the freedom of your grace, the joy of authenticity in you. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.